That's what it was. You didn't vocally stretch out. I yeah. didn't do my vocal yeah, stretch. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Is that a nice herbal tea? <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm, I'm there. I'm, just, I'm still on Miss America. Miss. Okay. <laughs> I know. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get away from that whole visual. Go ahead. Welcome to Connections with BCD Travel an ongoing conversation about the modern-day travel program, the impact of technology and digitization, and how travel buyers can take control and drive change. Each episode leaves you with practical, actionable advice and solutions to support a variety of program needs. Let's start connecting. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Connections with BCD Travel. I'm Chad Lemon, and I'll be your host for this episode. Hi, everyone. I'm Miriam Moscovich, your co-host on Connections. If you like what you've been hearing on this podcast, please leave us a review. Today, we are talking to all the travel managers out there and giving advice on how to talk to your executives about your travel program, aka reporting up. And while on this episode, we won't be focusing on technology or digital solutions like we normally do, reporting up is so vital to our travel program's success. Yeah, and today's guest has been helping shape those conversations for years, Welcome back to Connections, Amy. I think you are the first repeat guest on the podcast. So for those who didn't catch your previous episode on program housekeeping tips, give us a little background. Hey, Chad and Miriam. Thanks for having me. Um, I am happy to be back for my second time. I'm going to write that down in my journal. So excited to be with you. Guys. <laughs> uh, but uh, Amy Dalton, I'm a senior vice president here at BCD Travel, and I oversee commercial relationships, uh, program management, both at a national level, multinational, global level, and I also oversee all the aerospace and defense vertical. Amy, I'm really excited to get to talk to you, not only about advice, but also on changes you're seeing and how modern travel programs are evolving. Are you ready? I am absolutely ready. Let's jump right into our topic, Amy. Reporting up to your executives, what's the secret? What should our listeners, these travel managers, what should they be laser focused on? Yeah, I wish there was just one secret. But what I would say, Miriam, is having a communication strategy, period, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. I think the second thing is tying that communication strategy around business objectives, your company's goals. Because, right, folks are not going to be interested in the travel program and key you know, things that you need to report unless you're tying it to goals and objectives that they are trying to drive. Well, sure. Travel managers need to be focused on communication, but there has to be more to it than just that. I mean, the story changes, right? As right. you're talking to somebody in HR versus talking to somebody in finance, right? Yeah. I, you know, nowadays the stakeholders, you know, we refer to corporate travel as an ecosystem now, right? Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of stakeholders that are in the ecosystem, whether that, like you said, finance or IT, security, risk management, HR, right? Uh, procurement. So I think important to make sure that you are uh, reporting up to all the important metrics, awareness, education. So I say it's not just about metrics, KPIs, and making sure they know where your program sits. It's also education and awareness. There's so many right. things happening right in the industry right now, Miriam, right? Mm -hmm. With, you know, airlines and content and all kinds of different things happening. And we've got our inflationary environment it's changing how we are communicating up to our stakeholders. So it's not just about metrics. It's about that education and awareness piece as well. 
So what is working? Do you have any examples of a communication strategy that you've seen that's worked really well? What did you do? How did that come about? You know, it's interesting. We just came off a uh, year end reviews uh, for, you know, ending first quarter of 2023, meeting with a lot of our customers globally and nationally. And, uh, you know, as an example, we just met with uh, one of our aerospace and defense systems. And what was really interesting about that is, we tried to make sure that at our year-end meeting that we brought our stakeholders and their stakeholders together. And sometimes it's not always too easy to do, right? So in that room, we had a finance person. We had the person head of security and risk. Uh, we also had somebody in the room that was over government audit, right? Because a defense contractor. We also had somebody from HR and we had somebody from meetings. What's good about that, I would say, is that having stakeholders, that visibility to all those stakeholders particularly at the year-end review, it allowed us to give an overview of how the program performed coming out of 2022, um, things that were happening post-pandemic. Then it also allows us at that time to sit down and talk about the future and what do those stakeholders in the room want to see going forward, right? As an example, right, the security person at the BAE meeting wanted to talk about incident reporting, risk alerts, and all the processes that we have in place for evacuations, right? So we had to kind of make sure that we were addressing those things for them. The HR person wanted to know about traveler satisfaction and traveler wellness. So then we had to make sure that we were addressing those kind of key things for those stakeholders. And then, of course, you know, procurement and finance always want you to know about compliance and spend and cost savings. And so for us, what's great about that is all the stakeholders are together we walk out of the room, we make sure we develop programs, reporting, KPIs, scorecards and dashboards that we're able to distribute that reflect all the things that those stakeholders in the room needed. It sounds like there is just so much more variety in what travel managers need to illustrate these days. How can they possibly just keep up with it all? You know, Chad, I tip my hat to travel managers uh, every day. This is not an easy job. And what's interesting about it is some travel managers have a team of people around them to help kind of execute and drive their program. Other travel managers are, you know, they're do-it-themselves, DIY, right? They're running the program globally by themselves. And so I think super hard and I think super important that they rely on their TMC like BCD to make sure that we are filling those gaps, as I talked about before, of education, awareness, uh, performance management, managing those key things up to their stakeholders. Because like I said, some, some have five and 10 people, some have one. Let's talk about timing. What do you see working best? Is it a regular cadence? Is it ad hoc, depending on event? I think for us coming out of the pandemic, what we've learned uh, with a lot of our buyers is it's both, right? We've got a cadence of normal KPIs, education, and awareness that we're doing, you know, monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, right? So we want to make sure we're reporting all the things that are important. Uh, I would also say that ad hoc is super important when you have things like the pandemic itself, right? It allows you to shift everything and create all kinds of security and risk protocols that we had to put in place. Or if there's an evacuation that we need to do, as in the example we talked about with BAE, right? Certain parts of the world, important for us to be able to sit down with stakeholders that may not be just travel and address those concerns as it relates to travel components. You know, on a previous Connections episode, April Bridgman said that travel managers need to let their TMCs work for you. 
So should travel managers be asking for anything unique from their program managers? What can they be providing to help them with their communication strategies? Ah, you know, Chad, that's, I think our job that I always say every day to my team is our job is to be super proactive so that they're not asking. Now, you know, I, I call that, you know, management nirvana. But, but the idea is that we're always trying to think three steps ahead of the program manager, whether that be in how they're going to design a process, reporting up their metrics, educating stakeholders or different people in the organization. Um, I think, you know, as an example, uh, NDC has launched recently in the U.S. and important for us to help travel managers explain that concept to other people in their company, right? Because they didn't really understand people that are not really travel day to day don't understand some of these travel kind of complexities. So I found myself and my team really proactively sitting down and helping, uh, you know, educate. So that was a perfect example of educating, right? Different stakeholders on what's happening in the industry per se uh, and what to prepare for. Because again, Different stakeholders don't really want to understand or need to understand that more than at a cursory level, usually. Okay, Amy, here's the big one, though. What's your advice on the best way to keep executives in the C-suite up to date? Not all C-suites are created equal, right? And that requires a change in the tone and information and the cadence. So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, C-suite, an ongoing demand that we're getting in terms of C-suites want to know. Really? Yeah, we we are getting more, and I don't know if that's, again, post-pandemic and also kind of an inflationary time that we're all in, but but, but lots of eyes are sitting on different, you know, programs that drive cost, right, as in T&E and travel. I think at the end of the day, C-suites want to make sure, A, you're bringing value to the program. Uh, As a supplier, as a partner, you're an extent Mm -hmm. they do. And secondly, that value needs to be driving their goals and objectives. So I go back to kind of what I said in the beginning, right? So if you're not doing those two things and you're not showing that to a C-suite effectively, then I think that's where you run into challenges. What's, what's, what's been interesting kind of in the example we talked about earlier, we've also created a C-suite version where you kind of roll up oh. all of those into kind of a value proposition Oh wow! and make sure you again tie that to their goals and objectives. And at the end of the day, we're finding that's what the C-suite wants to see. As you know, we we do a lot of research here at BCD Travel, and our latest research report uh, gave us a new time series, a, a new updated ranking of our clients or travel managers' uh, priorities uh, as it relates to their travel program. So I'm wondering if you'd seen it, and what's your take on those changing priorities? Yeah, Miriam, that's hot off the press. I saw that you and your team put that out. I thought that was great. Um, you know, what's interesting is I, you know, I wasn't surprised with the results. Uh, I think still saw that uh, duty of care, traveler satisfaction, still one and two in terms of the most things, right? But what's interesting that we saw, right, is those dropped in terms of priority today and uh, still, again, the highest, but terms of focus and priority at the moment. And we noticed things like savings, cost savings, uh, payment solutions, supplier management also, the, all three of those went up. And I thought that was indicative of, you know, I think we're always a reflection of what's happening in the economy, what's happening in the world today. We've got, like I said, inflation. We've got things that are driving what I call cost initiatives much higher in priority, payment solutions, 
I think a lot of companies that are global do not have payment solutions. A lot of the carriers and suppliers don't even accept all of the standard payment. So I think people are really searching for payment solutions. And then I think all the new content we talked about with NBC, people are looking for us to really help manage their supplier channels. Um, so I'm not surprised. Again, to me, it's a direct reflection of what's happening globally and in the inflationary market. So I wasn't completely surprised when I saw that. That is the elephant in the room, I think, right? With all of the change in airline content out in the industry, specifically with NDC, what is that value of the TMC? How should travel managers communicate the value that TMCs bring to their C-suite? Yeah, we get asked that, Miriam, every day, right? And and as, as a good TMC, we ask ourselves that question every day, right? That's right, yeah. What, what, what can we continue to bring value and what do we define as value? And it's interesting, you know, recently a conversation with several customers is that I think our value is around managing what I talked about earlier, that ecosystem of travel, right? So there are several players and partners in the ecosystem. It's not just the TMC, right? It's the suppliers, it's the digital tools, it's the solutions, it's the third-party suppliers, uh, and how to, and then ultimately the traveler. So our job is to make sure we manage all pieces and parts of that ecosystem. And I think at any time that any of that ecosystem has fragmentation or tries to you know, do something different, I think really important for us to figure out how to bring it in and keep that program managed for the organization. As I tell organizations all the time, the minute you stop managing your program, the minute you lose control and influence over your travelers, over your cost, over people doing the things you want them to do in your organization, Um, So those are the things you lose and those come with lots of dollars and cents, right? Amy, with all the variety in the content on the, in the industry, like NDC, what is the value of the TMC? What should travel managers communicate to explain the value that the TMC brings to their C-suite? Yeah. uh, The value of the TMC, right? Uh, The question (laughs) every day of us and super important question of why we do what we do. Um, As it relates to kind of coming off that NDC, I think we're much bigger than a content and travel agency, if you will, right? We are a managed travel company. We manage the entire ecosystem, whether that's your duty of care, whether that's your globalization, whether that's your sustainability program, whether that's your compliance, you name it. We have the ability, the scale, and the scope to manage all components of that ecosystem. So, you know, I say to people, it's not just about, you know, content is one piece, right? Um, It's about managing all the pieces in the ecosystem and bringing value and management to that entire program. Um, So that's how we view our value. And that may also mean we help manage suppliers and other partners within that food chain. It might not just be ourselves. It's everybody that's touching that ecosystem for that customer or buyer. And in some situations, that value is purely financial. And most, it's about quality of service and expectations, right? It really runs the gamut. Yeah, right. I think uh, I think you're right. But I would, would say that I think a lot of the, the basic 101 is that we, we're getting people from point A to point B. We're getting there with compliance, safety, security. We're able to do it globally. We're able to manage to a policy Uh, and manage a budget. And at the end of the day, that's what corporations want us to do. And that value proposition continues to evolve and change. If you look at us where we were three years ago to today, totally different place, right? So important for us to continue to evolve and change uh, to the needs of the organization and the industry as a whole. 
Well, this episode has been chock full of advice and tips, but if you could narrow everything down to two or three things that you want our listeners to think about when reporting up, what do you want at the top of their minds? You know, Chad, if I go back to kind of where we started today, uh, I would say a couple of things, which was one, have a communication strategy. So, you know, make sure you have one first in terms of, like I said, whether that includes metrics, performance, education, and awareness. And then secondly, as I said, tie it to the organizational goals and values and objectives. Um, it's simple, not always easy to do, but that's super important as, as we go forward. Wow, Amy, so many helpful insights and advice on this episode. Let's have a quick connect to decompress from that one. So you all know the drill. I'm going to ask some questions and just tell me whatever comes to your mind. We're all animal lovers here, right? Yeah. yeah. Any fun pet or animal stories from any of your travels? Miriam, you, you first. So I was in um, Bangalore, India years ago with a bunch of BCD colleagues and we come back from dinner. And one of my colleagues comes screaming out of his room. And what had happened was he had left his balcony door open. And the monkeys in Bangalore are running amongst the trees right outside the hotel, the Oberoi Hotel. And they, one of them had breached his balcony, came into his room and sat down on his coffee table and proceeded to eat all the fruit that was left for him in his room. So um, it was... That was kind of a great experience. I hadn't seen one up close. Only you, Miriam. Only you. Yeah. I Okay. Mine's similar. I was uh, two or three years ago in Africa with a friend, this personal trip, but uh, we went to the Giraffe Manor Hotel and, you know, they're wandering around. It's so majestic. and But I didn't think anything of leaving the windows and patio doors open. And oh, geez. Just, yeah. Laying in bed and <laughs> felt um, a... <laughs> A, a lick, a lick on my head and turned around to a giraffe two inches from my face, kind of like licking me. And you'd think I would have been scared, but it was a really sweet moment. I felt connected to this majestic creature at that moment. <laughs> That's awesome, Jeff. That's awesome. I think mine is, uh, mine's a little more quaint. Uh, one of my favorite experiences is going to the Peabody in Memphis, downtown Memphis. And you know how they, the the guy that's in charge of the ducks, the ducks come marching down every day um, with a, with their their famous leader, and then they come and play in the fountains all day. And then at the end of the day, the ducks go back up uh, to their little sleeping quarters. And you know, every time I see that, I think that is brilliant, uh, brilliant. Cute. I've seen so it cute. a couple times. The whole everyone lines up in the lobby, yeah, to see so the march cute. of the ducks at the Peabody. Absolutely. <laughs> if, if only we could get all of our kids and everything else to do that. Okay, when traveling, this is a really hot topic, you guys. When traveling, hard or soft-sided luggage? Mm. For me, uh, I gotta say that you know I've been old school with the soft-sided luggage for quite a long time. However, as those kind of retire, I have moved into the hard luggage. Oh no! Oh geez! And the, well, and I the spinner, spinner and hard luggage. Well, I'm on a spinner, but I think that hard-sided luggage is for sociopaths. I need the pockets. <laughs> I need the expansion. I yes. don't know what the allure of this hard-sided luggage is. Oh, You're same. savage, Amy. Yeah. You have to be way too structured for hard-sided luggage. I need 
all the options, the expansion, exactly what And zippers. Said. I want more yeah. zippers everywhere. Chad, what about you? Uh, no, same, soft-sided. soft-sided. I, I like packing cubes. I'm definitely into packing cubes. Amy, I'm so glad we were able to get you back on Connections. Truthfully, every time I talk to you, I learn something new and just deepen my respect for you. Absolutely, Amy. It was great to have you on. I love learning from you every time we hear from you. I hope you'll join us again sometime. Oh, would love that, you guys. Thanks for having me today. If you're a travel buyer, frequent business traveler, or just someone who likes hearing about reporting up, be sure to download and review the Connections with BCD Travel podcast to stay up to date with new releases and listen to your favorite episodes. Thank you for connecting with us. BCD Travel helps customers travel smart and achieve more. We make this happen in over 100 countries with a global client retention rate of 97%, the highest in the industry. Learn more about the information you heard today and what BCD Travel can do for you by visiting bcdtravel.com forward slash podcast.